0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football After Dark. Ooh. Quarantine Episode Ooh. 4. Yeah, I'm um, your host, yeah. Dika Jusby.
1: We did it. We
0: did it. Uh, yes, that's right. Number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman did it.
1: I did something already. Right. Let me fucking tell you why. Oh, you,
0: you did it. You did it. Also joined cool. by professional sports broadcaster, Nate Kuyper. He's dead. I'm
2: clapping, but my microphone isn't picking it up because yeah, I you're have on a Discord. God damn it!
0: That, that's that's how that works. I'm clapping. Rounding out the group, the man who I wish would showed us his braided beard is uh, Corey Clements.
3: That's me. Do you have a beard. <laughs> I my fiddle habit right now is I'll sit there and I'll break my beard.
2: And then unbraid right. it in like one sitting. Yep. Yeah. Do you it's do not, that
3: in, it's not, it's not big, long enough to do like one big braid so I do two braids on each side.
2: Do you do that in between taking uh when you're doing your trick shot pool videos that you're going to send to to ESPN to get you on the show? Yep. I like it. I'm a fan. So guys, uh it has been a month since we've done an episode I think, right? Yeah, yeah. cuz our last episode was <laughs> our last episode was uh, the pre-draft episode
0: yeah our last like normal episode yeah it was pre-draft episode that's a month ago so, yeah that's a
2: month ago yeah. so uh, we there's been I, it, to say that a lot has happened like I was like oh yeah well obviously a lot has happened but the main things that have happened have been you know like story based which is why I was like oh Justin's probably gonna have a Joby report and I was like hey, he probably doesn't have a jubby report nope
1: Um, I'll bring up the NFL subreddit. I'm going to see what they're talking about. Maybe we got some news. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's some stuff
2: that has happened. Uh, the first thing that I want that I expected to be asked about. So instead instead of being asked, I'm just going to start the conversation with, so James Harrison is apparently trying to get Mike Tomlin suspended. Hell yeah, dude. Um, do you, do, Corey and Justin, do, any of you guys, do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Yes. Yes.
2: Not okay. a crew. So uh, James Harrison was talking candidly about, you know, just playing with for the Steelers and whatever. And he mentioned that the quote-unquote most G thing that Mike Tomlin ever did when he coached there was, uh, and the quote goes, handed him an an envelope after the hit against the Browns where James Harrison knocked Muhammad Massaqua out of the game. Uh, oh, so, yeah. So no one knows. He didn't go into detail about like, okay, well, what was in the envelope? Was this like, was it something that you guys talked about? He just casually like kind of mentioned it. And a lot of people are like, okay, so Mike Tomlin's getting suspended. Right. Oh, and like, sure the same, and they say, well, <laughs>
3: why not? Uh, because Sean Payton talked about it already, and he said the things that was going on in the investigation that happened with him pretty much had nothing to do with like like, like he got he everything going on with him was basically separate, you could say from whatever I mean, else was going on. Yeah, really? like it was. It was like some pettiness from behind the scenes from the NFL. Basically. Really? Yeah.
2: Sean Payton said. So Sean Payton basically said that the reason he was suspended was because like the NFL just wanted to be petty. Yeah. That's interesting. I, like, I can't imagine what they would have against Sean Payton. Sean Payton's like a pretty cool guy.
3: Well, Sean Payton's part of the rules committee and everything, you know, start shit up with that i guess i mean it's still like
2: it's yeah. still not a good look for mike tomlin like no matter what and as far as i know mike tomlin maybe maybe mike tomlin did and or didn't do it i haven't looked at his like personal twitter or anything like that but as far as i know mike tomlin has not like refuted the claims maybe he has and i just haven't seen it but like a lot of people were like okay so if this happened how do you not, even though it was like almost ten years ago, maybe over ten years ago? How do you not punish Mike Tomlin in some way? Like, how do you not do nothing?
3: Well, the other thing I've heard said is there's a huge difference between uh, paying pe- play- paying players to hurt other players and uh, organization paying the players fine.
2: Because that's happens in some occasions apparently. Hey, okay, so under that, it's like under that circumstance, the money that Mike Tomlin was handing James Harrison was the money to pay for the fine, right?
1: That's what they think. Uh, a, a few hours ago, Harrison uh, took to Instagram. I can't see the caption. I don't know. Desktop Instagram just sucks. But uh, it, it's showing the, the first image is like a Google snapshot of everybody talking about him getting the envelope in news head in news headlines. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and then the next picture is a uh, screen caps from the NFL photo store where for $55, you could go to 2010 season week six Browns versus Steelers and buy a framed image of the hit he laid on Masakoi for 55. So the NFL is profiting off that hit. Uh, and then there's an image where showing how they're selling DVDs of the hardest hits in NFL history. And then November 30th, 2010, Ed Bouchette on James Harrison fines. I know Dan Rooney is hot about all this. Apparently Rooney didn't want to give the fine. I don't know. I, I can't tell you everything. Very interesting story, though. I just... Huh. If, if, if we're operating
2: under the assumption that the money that Mike Tomlin was giving James Harrison was... To be like, okay, well, I'm just going to pay your fine. Like, if that's the case, then it is a little different, I guess, than Bounty Gate. Because from what we know from Bounty Gate was Greg Williams was, like, telling his players, like, hey, if you knock Brett Favre out of the game, I will pay you. Right. You know, that's a little different than Harrison knocking out Muhammad Massaqua and then, you know, Mike Tomlin being like, well... You're going to get fined, but I don't agree with the fine, so here, here's I'm just going to pay your fine for you.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's like a horse of a different color and that puts a different I don't know. Just different, I guess, whatever.
0: That's a whole different like type of context to it. I still but, think it's I still don't think
2: it's a good look at all. Oh no,
0: no, it's it's terrible PR. Yeah. It's awful if
2: we're PR. Yeah. Sticking with bad PR and the Steelers, uh, Jay Glazer joking about Ben Roethlisberger not working out during the offseason. Yeah. That was like a big thing that happened. Uh, That was really funny. Yeah. Like, I think his exact quote was, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and like, there is no what did he say? There is no uh, conditioning. With Ben Roethlisberger, that
1: Jay Glazer on Ben Roethlisberger.
2: I have I have my boss that I work with uh, from my broadcasting, my streaming broadcast service, loves Ben Roethlisberger, and primarily because he's just from Ohio, and my boss is a homer to any athlete that comes out of Ohio, and he, him, and I have gone back and forth so much on Ben Roethlisberger because I can't stand Ben Roethlisberger. And I was so upset or am so upset that we still have not. Look, look, even from, I don't think it even helps at all. I don't think it affects our win loss record for this upcoming season at all. I just wish we would sign Cam Newton. Like, yeah,
1: a lot of people are saying that.
2: Yeah, just show some kind of like, of like, you know what, Roethlisberger, like, you know, you're great. And we're we, we, we happy that you've been here for so long. But, like, look, man, we can't be, like, tiptoeing around your feelings as far as, like, oh, man, we bring in Cam Newton. He's challenging for Ben Roethlisberger's job. And Ben's going to be upset. Like, tough shit. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you kind of got to get over it. For the last 10 years, Ben Roethlisberger has done nothing other than, like, okay, he's thrown for a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns, has but...
0: One, anything major? Yeah,
2: yeah, he's also drastically underperformed in games where we didn't, like, we really, really needed him to play well. And I'm not saying that everything's on him. It isn't. It's not ever on just one person. But I just wish that the Steelers would do something that would show, like, a little bit of urgency. But then you have the people saying, like, oh, well, the reason why they're the Steelers and the reason why they've been so consistent for, you know, 40 years is because they don't overreact and they don't make, you know, spur-of-the-moment decisions. But I don't know. I just feel like this one's, like, a no-brainer. Like, how how is it that Cam Newton still has a job and your backups right now are Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges – and the offense was a train wreck last year, and you have a 36-year-old quarterback coming off of an elbow injury. Like, I don't want to hear the, oh, well, why would we bring in another injured quarterback coming off of a surgery? Because Cam Newton is coming off of a surgery that quarterbacks can come back from. We've The list of people that have come back from a Tommy John surgery from a quarterback spot is negligible. I think there might have been one. I think it was Kurt Warner, and that was
1: it. I think he well. Um, now I want to check. I think he's the only one. That's I was that's what I was going to mention. Quarterbacks return.
0: Yeah, it's it's really really bad. I mean, he, and you know what? Roethlisberger might play might play fine for a bit, but it's only a matter of time until he re-injures that.
2: That's such a dangerous injury. Yeah. Like. Um, and, a,
0: and a lot of the problem is he left it, apparently he's been bothering him for a long time, and he left it untreated. He
1: buried he himself it. on that one.
0: He right, Carson it. Palmer, Carson Palmer ago, came around. back from it.
2: Carson Palmer. That, I think that might have been the person I was thinking. Yeah, you, you got well. the
1: wrong Cardinals. Yeah. Is he, he he left the Bengals and then played with the Cardinals for a little bit. Jake Delhomme got it, but then uh, I don't think Jake delohm actually successfully came
2: back from it guys how do you guys feel about the cam newton not having a job thing
1: like where it's It's ridiculous i know it's primarily based on like attitude and stuff but it's so stupid the guy's got talent and i feel like he should someone's got to give you mean to tell me that man hold on i'm blanking on like What's a team? What's a team with a bad quarterback situation? It's not the Steelers, Jags. Yeah, well, now Jags have the Minshew. He's a young. He's their young gun. The Bears. You, you, the Bears, for instance, you think you wouldn't want to take a flyer on on Newton, knowing that Trubisky yeah. sucks?
2: Well, they they had the option to take a flyer on Cam Newton, and instead they took the flyer on Nick Foles.
1: Yeah, that's, I know. They, they went for Foles instead of Newton. We've seen Foles, like, super hit and miss. He comes in as a backup. He can play well. Foles comes in with Foles comes in with experience with Nagy because of the right. year he was in with Chiefs. It, you'd be giving
3: you'd be giving Cam Newton a whole new playbook to learn in Chicago. Um, and at the time when they traded for... Nick Holes. Cam Newton wasn't available.
0: But you know what would uh, know be the best scenario in my eyes? Alright, so right now you're looking at like Andy Dalton just like got paid what one point one million to play for Dallas? Right? Yes. Okay, so and that that's just somebody you could throw into like fit a scheme.
2: He didn't get paid one point one million dollars to play. He got he just to be he got paid one point to start. He gonna be the starter. Yeah, we'll see about
0: that. And so I honestly like. Huh. At this point, Cam Newton will probably be signed as a backup somewhere. Making probably around that much money. Because if he tries to get any more money from anybody else, they're just going to point to Andy Dalton and be like, he got that contract. That's about what we're going to give you. That's how precedence gets set, right?
2: Well, yeah, it has the president. That's how the president gets set. And on top of that. It's the longer he goes without a job, the cheaper it becomes.
0: Right. I think the uh I think the Baltimore Ravens should sign him.
2: That would be whacked. That would be nuts. That's a backup. See, the thing is Give though. Like is that Cam, Cam wants to play. He's not like, gonna
3: play. He's come out and said that he'd be he willing to take a backup role in the right situation. So like I think what that means is, like, say for example, the Pittsburgh Steelers, he'd come in and back up Ben if he was told, like, all right, like, we want to move on from Ben in one or two years, you know. And that way, that would give him the opportunity to get acclimated to Mike Tomlin, all the systems and everything over there, and then just step in where he was. Cam, I think Cam would be a great fit. Yeah. I think it would be fun. Yeah, I think, too, like, all the. You have all these wide receivers with these big catch radiuses. Like, Cam Newton can obviously throw the ball well, but he does need somebody with those bigger radiuses to help him out. Yeah. When he's trying to throw on the run and all of that.
0: Right. Um, I don't know. I. I would, I would think I would like that, but I'm not sure like how realistically the Steelers want to sign a backup quarterback because they're gonna fucking do this thing where they're like, oh, Big Ben's back. It's gotta be Big Ben. It's all Big Ben, and they're not gonna do shit.
2: I'm gonna, I. That makes me want to vomit.
0: But it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking <laughs> it's truth. It's how they thing, operate. Man. Like, I, I think I don't know. As far as scheme fit goes, I think Baltimore would be the best place for him to go as a backup.
2: Uh, But, I mean, I don't think Baltimore... Because, I mean, Lamar Jackson gets hit a lot. Right. So, I think the whole idea is Cam wants to go to a place where he's not going to get hit a lot. So, uh, another seamless transition we can transition off of that to... I have no idea how this hasn't been more of a topic of discussion. I guess just because of how... I guess because of the person that it involves, and he just never ends up getting talked about. So... One of the places that Cam Newton was rumored to be uh, like the team was interested in him was Seattle. And the reason why Seattle has been in the news for more than one reason is because there have been reports that Seattle wanted to trade Russell Wilson to the Cleveland Browns for the first overall pick and probably a whole bunch of other stuff back in 2018.
1: Sweet God. Wasn't that at the time when before uh, Russell signed his like off rookie deal contract yeah. and uh, it it was on the back, well, pseudo back nine of their mini franchise run where they went to two Super Bowls and okay, the team yeah. in general was having issues. There was a whole, there was a whole bunch of like contract negotiation stuff that wasn't fly. Remember. Uh, the whole the big crux of his contract at the time that he didn't get, but that he was fighting for and caused a, a big stir was that he wanted his contract to increase per year along with the salary cap increase. Yeah, and it's maybe why they were looking to trade him.
2: Yeah. So they were thinking about trading him. Mind you, this is coming off the year where he accounted for 80 percent of their offensive scores, which is absurd. Um, like, just the idea that Seattle would even consider trading him is, like, absurd to me. That's just absurd. Like, what is it? What is it about Russell Wilson that the Seahawks brass doesn't like? I. I what is it?
0: He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I, I sincerely don't get it. Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer already. Oh, yeah. Easy. like I don't, understand. I don't get it. That one man who has been carrying his team to the playoffs year after year after that their big Super Bowl runs. That team has he, not been structurally sound to carry like anybody else at the quarterback at quarterback there would not be good enough to carry them like that.
2: It's it's one of those things where first of all okay well for, the first thing is he's never missed a start since being drafted ever. He's played in every single game. He is... I think he has the second or third highest QBR in history of any, you know, quarterback that, you know, qualifies. Yeah, I think you have to start and play an X amount of games. Uh, but he's second or third in that. He had the one season where he scored all but... He was accounted for all but one touchdown that the Seattle Seahawks scored, uh, which I think was 2017. Um... They've been. They've only missed the playoffs once in his eight years that he's played, and he's never complained. He's never been in trouble. He's never had any issues. He doesn't bitch about the crappy offensive lines they give him or the terrible running games. They don't even have a good defense anymore. Their defense has stunk the last like two or three seasons, and yet it just seems like Russell Wilson just gets the sh- just gets shafted by his own team. All the time. And I don't understand... Like, it's not like a situation with Aaron Rodgers, who I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point with oh, yeah. what the Packers are doing. Because uh, I have a really interesting take on them. I know that it's been a month since their draft, but, like, there's been a lot of <clears throat> a lot of stuff that's come out post-draft about them that I, I want to, like, get your guys' feelings on. Yeah, uh, but...
0: Aaron Rodgers just talked to the press today.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, but, like, it's not even the same thing with Rodgers, where Rodgers is, like is very aloof and kind of passive aggressive and been
0: regressing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like Russell Wilson has never done any, he's never taken a shot at the organization. He's never gotten a coach fired. And yet
1: like, why, why is that? Like, what do you guys think is the issue? It's the Tebow situation. The, the man's too good. And he wins football games at times in games that he shouldn't. But he's also like a million times better than Tim Tebow was. So he keeps the job. He won a Super Bowl, and he got them to two in a row. He he'll put the team on his back and play good. He, he'll play well in the situations where he doesn't need to, and he plays above a superstar in the times when the team really needs him. But he's got like that. He's got that Tim Tebow air about him where, it, it, sometimes it, it feels like. It feels like nobody talks about the Seahawks. They only talk about Russell Wilson. They only care about him. They don't care about the Seahawks. And it could slight the organization, like the ownership, GMs could slight them. You you could have like a, a, I mean, anybody watching, you know, Michael Jordan documentary, Last Dance, it could be like a, the GM situation where we're like, yeah, you guys have won three in a row, but whatever. No one gives me any credit. Everyone's talking about you. I'm going to blow this whole thing up. Uh, I, I think been, it could be something like that.
0: It has been said before that apparently the way Russell Wilson runs his locker room is he gets the team to believe that he is literally the second coming of Christ. I'm not kidding.
2: So I, I mean, might, I, I believe it. I mean, he, he is pretty good. Right. So I think it's – like there was that obscene statistic from the Seahawks last year where they trailed in like all but four – like like in the majority of their games they trailed in the second half at some point which is like unheard of and they won I think most of them which is kind of crazy. I mean what they go last year 11 and 5. Yeah. And they trailed in almost every single game in the in the second half or maybe it might have even been in the fourth quarter. And you know we're a half inch away from beating the San Francisco 49ers in week 17. And knocking them out of the, you know, out of the one seed. And it's primary. So that's the thing I think that's unfair is that people are like, oh, well, the only people they talk about or the only thing that gets talked about in Seattle is Russell Wilson. Well, that's because no one else is good there. Like, who else is there to talk about? Right. Like, no one no one talks about Tyler
0: Lockett. No one talks about Chris Carson. Well, the only thing to or... talk about with Ty- Tyler Lockett is his connection with Russell Wilson. Right. That's it. I don't get it.
2: Yeah, it's just, just really weird.
1: It. It, it seems like Seattle fans aren't really – I don't know. There's never a big buzz about Seattle even though they're like perpetually good now with Russell Wilson. I don't, I don't know how to explain it.
0: Basically, the organization wants to shake it up. They want a reason to be in the limelight.
2: And so they just, they just like create these dra- this drama and these stories about Russ to just get the media to talk about them?
0: Yep. I don't think they were ever actually going to trade Russell Wilson. I mean,
2: I don't know, man. Hugh
3: Jackson came out and said that there was no way that they were ever going to get Russell Wilson that
2: year. Yeah. yeah. Man, okay, well, here's the thing, Corey. Are you going to trust what Hugh Jackson says?
3: I mean... Yeah, why not? Has somebody that has no reason to lie. Right, but it's Hugh Jackson.
0: I anything mean, He would want to beef up like his potential, she- and he would have been she- like... Oh, we could have gotten Russ, and then I would have had a chance.
2: No, no, no. See, the the reason why I can't trust anything Hugh Jackson says is because Hugh Jackson thinks he's a good coach.
0: It mean, has nothing so, to do with coaching. But, but if you think you're
2: a good coach and you're Hugh Jackson, I trust your judgment from that point forward. <laughs>
1: sorry, I just do. So that's how it works, huh? All right, then, shit. What? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> man. All
0: right. I don't know, man. So, it's that that
2: that's been that was that was a big thing that i was like i don't get it but all right so next thing i wanted to bring i have a lot of things i wanted to like run past you guys um i haven't talked to any of you for a while
0: yeah
2: um the dak prescott contract thing yes we alluded to that very briefly when talking about andy dalton and i'm just gonna start with Corey because he's the on the top of the the discord call because i think it goes in alphabetical order um Just off the just just you can throw out any, you know, hyperbole, any type of situation you want. What is going to happen with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott this season? Are they going to sign him? Is he going to sign his franchise tag? Like what's going to happen?
3: No, Jerry's going to give in to whatever Dak wants and they're going to sign back to probably. Let's say a three year deal. But it's going to be, you know, a bias paid three-year deal since Kirk Cousins took that fully guaranteed. It's going to have some kind of major clause that's going to get all this headline stuff. Like, he's going to get, like, a million per win or something like that instead of, like, the normal $250,000. was not it a... Uh... A million per win? A mil- I think it was the Saints... And in all their clauses, uh, if they win the Super Bowl, each player gets a million dollars. So just giving Dak Prescott a million per win just for a fucking normal regular season game would be blowing up headlines. It's just going to, like, it's not going to be too much more than what whoever the highest is, but it's going to have that major clause that's going to get the headlines.
2: Uh, I, th- I think I saw someone saying that Dak should do what Kirk Cousins did and sign the franchise tag so that the money on the uh, eventual deal gets uh, buffed up. Oh, Justin, what do you think?
0: Well, I don't know if, but see, like, I don't know if, if he was going to do that. I think at this point he just would have done it. Uh, it. It's been a it's been a long time. This dispute's been going on for a while now. And he, yeah, since the end of the season. Right. And then he got the he got the tag like what two months ago now. So I think right. if, he, if he was gonna pull a Kirk Cousins style thing, he would have just done it. He's uh he wants this contract and he knows that he's in a position to either make like make Jerry pay him or start Andy Dalton.
1: So <sighs> So he's just what gonna does hold Andy out, Dalton? What does Andy Dalton do for that team though? Not much, dude. Not
0: much. Dak uh, Dak did a lot last year, in a, in a year where Zeke regressed a little bit. Dak Prescott pulled a lot off himself, and that's why after that successful season, he's uh, he's really buying into himself and going for what he wants. Now the apparently we don't know the exact they also, figure. They also
2: went eight and eight last year, by the way. Right. So that's because like just
0: saying. yeah, it's because the the Cowboys aren't actually that good of a football team. Uh-huh. But yeah, he he would have he would have done something by now. He he is going to hold out this entire time until he gets what he wants. And apparently, like we don't know an actual figure, but apparently the money is uh exorbitant. It's the highest paid quarterback contract by a high margin. And it seems like he doesn't want to branch. Apparently, uh it's been it's been called quote, out of bounds money. Ma'am. Huh. So he probably wants okay. like he probably wants, like, 36, 37.
2: Does he want to become is, – is his whole thing he wants to become the first uh, $40 million man before Pat Mahomes becomes the first $50 million man? <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> Matt laughs, but he knows it's true. This yes, is true. I'm sure he wants, like, 37 million.
3: Matt's going through it right now in our bad pod league.
1: Yeah, I, every week I have new people that are up for contract negotiations, but my cap's in the negative space, so I can't negotiate any contracts. It's rough oh. stuff, dude. Oh, I, don't no. how, I don't know how Brett Veach did it. All right, so right now the the real Chiefs cap space, they uh, reworked uh, our one offensive lineman, Dr. Uh, Levant Tardif or something. I forget his other middle name, but he's the, he's the lineman that's got a, a – a doctor yeah yeah he's a well he's an actual doctor he's a medical doctor he works in hospitals yeah. and shit um so we reworked his contract we reworked Sammy Watkins contract we signed someone else we still have to work on Chris Jones cuz he's still franchise tagged but we went from remember uh, i think the last time we recorded i joked about how the chiefs had 177 dollars that's it in cap space well, since that time, with a couple contract extensions, and then we uh, signed on an undrafted punter and then cut Dustin Colquitt, um, we now have almost $7 million in cap space, so we have more than enough cap to sign all of the rookies we drafted and then have a little bit left over to work into the Chris Jones deal that hopefully we get done before he has to take the franchise tag money.
2: What you're saying is, is that Dallas has no excuse. Yes. Right. Like
1: you can find a way. Kansas City, Brett Veach found a way. If they, and if they can do it with one hundred and seventy-seven dollars, you you can do it with the millions you got, Jerry.
2: I my feeling is Dak's asking for a lot of money, and like, look, ma'am. Uh, okay, the four people in this Discord call. Can we agree? Dak Prescott's okay. Like Dak yeah, Prescott he's, pres- above, he's above average. Yeah, Dak Prescott's a franchise quarterback, right? Right. Right. Is Dak Prescott like a top 10 guy? No, nah, he's he 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 doesn't crack the top 10. Does he crack like top 12? I think he could crack top 12, yeah. Cuz I'm I'm sorry man, I'm big in the belief of like don't pay good players great money.
1: I'm sorry, I am. Like I, mean, I know call that him, I know, Dan Vlosky. No, it's true. It's it is tr- true. It is true. I was just, you know. I I'm sorry. I just can't.
2: I can't, I know that it's just uh, and in all the all the other former players are like, don't you know? But you, it doesn't matter. You know, he it's his time to get paid. And whenever you have a franchise quarterback, you got to pay him whatever it is. You pay him. And my response to that's just like, okay, what if I don't want to? Mm-hmm. Like, what if I don't want to pay a guy that's just okay? Well, that's and I know question, he's right? just okay.
0: That's the big what? question then, right? Going springing off that, that's the big question though, right? Like how much does Jerry want to pay him? And like how badly does Jerry think he needs him? And what it what does the market for future like present and future quarterbacks look like look like for you without Dak Prescott?
1: I mean, they got Andy Dalton now. <laughs> hey. Ooh. Andy Dalton got beat
2: out by a rookie. Joe Burrow yeah. didn't. Joe Burrow didn't even take a snap yet, and and they shipped Andy Dalton out of town.
1: Well, I mean, it's just you know they didn't get a fair race. I mean, Andy Dalton's only had what, what uh, ten years to prove himself, and he
0: hasn't. So you know, whatever. Zero playoff wins. Zero. I mean, I think he proved himself, right?
1: Maybe yeah, he himself proved himself Joker. to be the Red Rider BB gun. Right. Hey, Colin Cowherd. Hey, Travis Kelsey said it first. Did Travis Kelsey say it first? Yeah, Kelsey came up with that. Um, it was right before we smoked him by like five touchdowns or something. It was it was a good time. So
2: the next thing that I have here, I actually have like all the stuff that I have here. I've just like written down. Um, I tweeted about this. And I don't know which one of you it was, but you kindly I think you liked it or retweeted it on the FadPod Twitter, which I encourage you all to follow us at FadPod on at Twitter. Twitter.com slash F A D P O D. That's correct. Um mm-hmm. so you know how the, the Corey's favorite team, the Falcons? Um, you know how they signed Todd Gurley? Yeah. I remember when they did that? <laughs> yeah. So
3: Dan Quinn, was it Dan Quinn? No, it, was, uh, it was the offensive coordinator
2: yeah okay so the offensive coordinator came out and was like you know big question you know is is he gonna be healthy that's the big question and um I, I I read that I I read that quote and like firecrackers were going off inside my brain <laughs> like do, first of all here's the if I had to, if I had to actually talk to like the Falcons staff after that came out because Dan Quinn said the same thing on the Rich Eisen show cuz they asked him and he was like yeah you know you know you don't want to say it but you know it's going to be a part of it how much how much of a workload can he carry but i want to just grab all of the people that are involved with the Atlanta Falcons and just be like did you not have that conversation before you signed him like did all of this just dawn on you Because I get that you're only paying him $5.5 million. But you just had Devontae Freeman in your backfield just, like, running into the backs of your offensive linemen and falling down for 16 games. Like, I get that he was cheap, but the object is you're trying to win football games. What on earth makes you think that this decision and then having, like... Having the hindsight after you make the deal to be like, well, I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to get to use them. Like, oh, 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 my blood was just boiling. (laughs) I was was so angry. Like, I couldn't even put enough clap emojis in a tweet, so I left them out. Oh, I was I was so I was so mad. He should have just went to Miami. I don't know.
1: I'm I'm um, well, yeah, I'm I should have fucking went to Miami. I'll never get over that. I'll tell you that much right now. He might You know what?
2: Maybe this is just a pit stop. Like like he was coming, he was flying in from Los Angeles and he was ta- he 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 was flying over Georgia and then coronavirus hit and he was like, well, I got to stop here." Sure. And he just stopped over Georgia. He's like, "Well, I guess I'll just play here for a season." Hopefully, that's the long play. Hopefully, Todd Gurley still ends up in Miami, and we, the Fad Pod Boys, get to have the biggest Fad Pod Boys were right in the history of Fad Pod Boys were right.
0: We were close, fam. We were close.
2: He almost got to Florida.
0: We were a few hundred miles away.
2: Maybe it might be a few more than 100 miles. a hundred miles. Um, few hundred. Corey, so you – I don't know if you did it all uh, like you said you were going to, but you said you wanted to do some, like, draft breakdowns.
3: Yeah, Um, I was was able to do some of them. I just
2: want to know, like, if you don't have it in front of you and if you can't think of anything off the top of your head, that's fine. But, like, I just want to know, like, from what you – from the teams you did, who were some of the teams that you thought did really well that – Maybe some people weren't talking about because a lot of people were like gushing over like the the Denver Denver Broncos' draft and Cleveland's draft and a lot of the teams that you could like really see that they improved were literally like any teams that you saw that were like oh yeah like they got like sneaky good.
3: Um, give me, I can pull it up one second.
2: Yeah, because I know you you tw- you were pu- putting in our group chat about how a lot of Saints fans were talking about the center, Cesar Ruiz, that you took from Michigan and about whether or not he's going to start.
3: Right. Um, yeah, that, that was a big thing that's going on, on Twitter and it's making me mad. It's like there's all these Saints journalists that are adamant that Cesar Ruiz is going to start at center this year game one and then there's the ones that are like saying that no he's gonna play guard eric mccoy's gonna play center again this year what would you rather have i would rather have eric mccoy stay under center as long as we have drew Brees under center because that would that's already established chemistry there's it's a very like minute chemistry that people don't talk about too much is the chemistry between the offensive line and, or the center and the quarterback, because the uh, the center is taking responsibility for the entire line, making sure all the blitzes get picked up, all the blocking assignments are in order, while the quarterback is basically conducting with the wide receivers and the pass catchers or so what they're doing. Um, so that it's very like, orchestrated, you know, like they're working together in unison, conducting these two units. Uh, and so if Drew Brees comes out and says, like goes up to line an audible is that he wants Jared cook to run an out route. The center has to go and say, all right, well we have to pick up this outside linebacker on this side now. So, uh, We need uh, the guard to take a double team so Ramchek can go out and, you know, make sure Drew stays clean on that side. It's very, like, so having that, that Eric McCoy already had that season or that 11 games experience with Drew Brees, I think it would be most beneficial to just keep that going into the next year. Yeah, that's some good stuff.
2: Do you have your teams in front of you?
3: Yeah. Um Yeah, I let's see. I got up to not too far. I feel like there's more. It might not have say it's on my notes app, so it's not safe you know, it's safe from my laptop into my phone.
2: Right, yeah, yeah.
3: Um I mean I,
2: I feel on, like I know top. who I feel like I know who you're gonna say.
3: My contacts starting to come out.
2: Oh, very nice. Yeah. Just take it out and just be blind in one eye.
3: Trying to find it. I can feel it, but I
2: can't. (laughs) This is is a live play-by-play of Corey attempting to put his contact lens back in. Huh. I will say this. I had a couple people, and by a couple people, I mean one person, who I don't really respect their opinion very much. Uh, They're a Steelers fan that I used to work with. And he kind of just bases his opinions off of, like, fantasy perspective, like fantasy numbers. And he just has, like, blind faith that any player that takes the field as a Pittsburgh Steeler is, like, a good player, Mm -hmm. which makes me want to choke him. Mm -hmm. And this kid that I work with told me that he, that that this other person, the Steelers fan that we both mutually know, said that he's like, oh, man, dude, we got the best receiver in the draft this year. And I was like, he's wrong. (laughs) He's not right. I mean, I like Chase Claypool. I liked him. I mentioned him on the podcast a couple times. I liked him. Yeah. But. He's a big boy. He's he's a real big boy. (laughs) Like, real big. Bigger than uh, Mike Evans, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yet somehow ran faster than him uh, at the Combine. But
0: that's wild
2: like a lot. See, but that's the thing, though, is that one of the criticisms about him is that he doesn't play that fast. Like, apparently when he was in college, he could basically just get a lot of his separation just through sheer like strength and physicality because he was just so much bigger and stronger than everybody that he could just kind of push cornerbacks aside and get open. That shit ain't gonna work. In the NFL, you have to be able to separate like with your running, with your route running and your quickness and your straight line speed. And he didn't really show it on the field, which is why a lot of people were like his 40 time was a little misleading. Because, yeah, he can run fast, but apparently he just doesn't have the tendency to do so. I guess he relies too much on other things. Mm, which mm. like I get you can coach that out of a player. Like that's, a, that's a thing that you can coach out of somebody. But man, like when I heard this kid's like, Oh yeah, he's like, he's going to be the best receiver in the thing. I'm like, not nah, dude. No, he's not like huh. Jerry. In, in two years, Jerry Judy's going to be a thousand yard receiver every season. Jeez. Okay. Look at you predicting it. I mean, Jerry Judy, pretty good.
1: I'm not saying he' bad, but damn, making the Fad Pod Stone Cold Lock of the Century of two years from now.
2: Yeah, mark it down. This today time bubble. Today is May fifteenth, twenty twenty, and in two years, Jerry Judy will have will he will have a thousand yards receiving in one season, not cumulative. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a thousand. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that.
1: Oh yeah, I got um, I, I got you, bro.
3: Yeah. You should have kept
1: it because that makes you even more right, even if you were wrong. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, um, yeah But we we want to make big we want to make big brain stonk uh, predictions here. We don't want to like we don't want to make pp small brain predictions. P-P-
3: small brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're we're not in we're not into them small brain predictions. We, we 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 take a stance and we go for it, baby. That that's the uh, fad pod way, my friends. Oh man, you got your list up, Corey?
3: Um, yeah, I got some of them. I got I like Baltimore. Baltimore's always a uh, you know, besides some moving up for Lamar Jackson last year, which was a good move anyway. They're they've all always been a uh, you know, draft the best player available kind of team they got Patrick Queen first which I know I know I said a lot about Patrick Queen but it's not like I didn't like him I just think he's more of a project that I want that I want the Saints to take on he definitely has the ability to develop into something great um, JK Dobbins in the second was a great pick uh, he's he's very built and plays just like Mark Ingram. So having Mark Ingram turning 31 this year, having somebody be able to, like, be behind him and have Mark, like, learn from Mark at a pro level would be great. Um, Justin Matabuke, not to sound too much like Colin Coward, is a great steal. And this is one of the things that, you know, it's showing how they're just they're not drafting by need. they're drafting best player available because they traded for Clayus Campbell. They signed didn't they sign Derek Wolf? Yes. Yeah, so they he gets to uh, sit behind two two of the best defensive tackles in the past ten years and learn behind them and just continue that, you know, the succession of greatness. That has been going through Baltimore for all these years because they can just draft good players and then develop them into, you know, into great players.
2: But yeah, it's just it's just a philosophy of like, instead of trying to patch up your weaknesses, you lean into your strengths. Right. You know, you just try to snowball harder in the way in which you snowball so and I like that philosophy a lot. And you know, a lot of people have made points to you know, made the point to bring up that the Baltimore Ravens don't miss on linebackers.
0: Right.
2: So there's a good chance Patrick Queen ends up becoming a, a really good player. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna mention the Colts. Um I'll be right back.
3: I'm gonna go grab my laptop so I can have the fuller list of what I have. Oh you're good. I uh I, I
2: guess we'll take this time because you know we're talking about the draft. Yeah, and you know if you listen to our draft episode where we we basically talked during the draft, uh, the only real exciting part of that draft came when Justin's Green Bay Packers selected Jordan Love, and there's been a lot of talk since then about the Packers you know, why they did it and what their philosophy behind it was. And their GM made a lot of comments that didn't seem to make any sense
0: yeah, just uh, when to put play it together. It all, I want to talk about it.
2: Yeah. Like he was saying like, oh, well, you're never just one player away. And this we're, we're trying to make this team as good as possible. And we w- expect Aaron to be there for a long time. Or like, okay, well, then why did you take Jordan? Jordan Love? If you're trying to get players that can help you win now, and they didn't you affect Aaron to it, it's just it asks, it's just like overlapping itself.
0: Okay, so let me go over the Packers' needs. Okay, going into the draft, were are th- we're three essential things basically. You needed a wide receiver. Okay, more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the receiving core was really lackluster. For him last year, pretty much consisting of only Devontae Adams. Like, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was good for about half the year, and then he dropped off super hard. Equiminius St. Brown was hurt, but wasn't really good when he was out in the field anyway. And then Alan Lazard was okay. Man,
2: Aaron loves Alan Lazard. He
0: does. Aaron loves Alan Lazard. He thinks he's going to be a star. Talks about it all the time. We'll see. We'll see, Aaron so wide receiver so wide receiver was their probably their number one need and then they needed a uh, they needed a right they needed a, a right guard yes because they uh they just shipped Corey Lindsay Lindsley off or whatever his name was he right so they so they don't they didn't have any like good starters there so that was another essential need right and
2: then he also needed
0: a middle linebacker
2: because Blake Martinez is gone
0: right so they didn't fill these three slots that they opened up. Didn't they didn't draft a single one of any of those? They got so, they so got Jordan Love and then a running back and then a tight end.
2: Who, by the way, that court that running back they got is not good.
0: Well, D- they they, they gonna play anyway.
2: There were some peep. There were some scouts that I saw that were like, this dude wasn't even on my board.
1: Yikes! I didn't hear that. Oh my god. A.J. Dillon?
2: A.J. Dillon? Yeah, because he can't. He's like a. He's like an '80s prototypical back. Mm. like, a, like, bruiser? like a, a bruiser, like a bruiser type. Yeah, he can't catch. He has very limited, like inside, like m- like maneuverability. He's not very shifty. He's just like a battering ram, apparently.
0: Mm. Uh, were they just trying so, to? Get, were they just trying to draft like an end zone rusher or something? Well, here's
2: my – and we'll get back to Corey because I know Corey's back because Corey went got his laptop. But I want to say this about what I think the Packers did and what they're doing. So the Packers last year, and I – full disclosure, I, I sent uh, the guys my spreadsheet that I made up for the 2020 NFL schedule. I sent it to them. Uh, they're, they're not done yet, and trust me, we're not going to get into – uh, predicting team records when we're not even necessarily sure when the season's going to start. So when that right. becomes a little more clear, maybe we'll get that uh, set up and when we're going to be doing that. But I'm not going to lie. I did mine. I filled mine out <laughs> because I can't <laughs> help myself. I spent like I was up until like two in the morning the day the schedule came out, filling mine in. Um, And then a little bit later the next day. But when I sent the guys their schedules, I sent them completely blank there. None of the games were marked as wins or losses for any team, except for one. Uh, I sent them their dot, their, their spreadsheets with the 49ers already beating the green Bay Packers. Right. Um, on purpose. As you should, because if you really think about it last year, the green Bay Packers, what, because you won the playoff game against, um, Seattle. you beat Seattle. Right. So you were you finished the year essentially 14 and 4. Right. Right? You were 14 and 2
0: against every team not named San Francisco. They have they have the Packers number, dude. They have right. They've had the Packers number for a long time. Right. This is a long running thing where the Niners just so, beat on the Packers. So both times they played you, they whipped the living piss
2: out of uh, out of Green Bay, right? Oh yeah,
0: bad. Real bad. So
2: instead of I feel I really feel like Green Bay took this philosophy of you know what? Instead of trying to improve our team, let's just try to morph our team into the team that beat us.
0: But how did they That's even accomplish so that? They didn't even accomplish that. Like Wait, I've, heard no, that, they, I've heard that multiple times. They didn't yeah. even do that.
1: No, they, they didn't failed at do that. that. No,
0: trust me. They didn't do they anything. Did, they, it was like a, no, their draft like, was a non-starter, like from the beginning. There's nothing. I don't know. There's nothing they just, there. They, they, like Matt LaFleur was like, oh yeah, we
2: want to run the ball more. We want to use like all three guys we have. We don't, uh, we want to do this. And we want to, so I was like, and everything that he was saying, it was kind of like, so you want to be the, the 49ers?
0: Yes. Let's Look, uh, I'm sorry, Matt
2: LaFleur. You're not Kyle Shanahan. I'm sorry. Like, I know you come from that same, like, you know, he's he's a disciple of Sean McVay, who, you know, I'm uh, Sean McVay is very hit and miss with me because I feel like Sean McVay at times could be way too stubborn. Oh, yeah. Um, But I don't know. Like, that was the vibe I got, like after a couple days was like, they're actually just trying to be, like be the 49ers because the Packers think that. That's the best way to win in the modern NFL is just do what the 49ers do, which the, the, the problem with that is is that
0: yeah that works for the 49ers and nobody else. They have the best. Like what, they have a bunch of other things going for them, like the best defensive line in the NFL and like better running backs. It's like a total unit than the Packers and a better and a better
2: O line that now has Trent Williams, right. Like Better Packers, receiver. Well, a better overall group of receivers and tight ends right over the Packers. Devontae Adams is obviously better than
0: Oh, any receiver but, on that team, yeah. But,
2: but as a unit,
0: yeah. yeah. See, on the unit in multiple categories, they're better than the Packers. Um, their, their strategy should probably be leaning on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, the Aarons, to get shit done. And they, they aren't. Um, I don't know why they're, like, going for this weird running back by committee thing where Jamal Williams has at no point been good. (laughs) And Aaron Jones has at all points been good. Yeah, he's been great. And they, at every fucking turn, they try so hard to, like, make him not play. I don't get it. Did
2: you know he's still averaging for his career over five yards a carry? Yeah! Like, Uh. is, is that, like, not insane to think? That, like... He somehow managed to still average five over five yards of carry over over his career, and the general consensus about Aaron Jones is he doesn't get the ball enough.
1: Yeah, and then they're trying. He still doesn't. He still doesn't get the ball enough. That's I mean, that's just the truth.
0: And then they started giving him the ball more last year. He was one of the best rushers in the NFL.
2: He had like Mm six. What do you have? Like sixteen touchdowns? I should know. I had him in fantasy last year. I won a championship of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. He was so good last year. He was one of the reasons why the Packers were good. It's cuz like he was just in, he was just incredible. He was probably the best player on the team last year.
2: That's that's actually a pretty decent argument, honestly. So, and like I don't know, I just I wanted I wanted to bring that up because I haven't talked so to Justin about the Packers' draft, so let me, let
0: me go over one more thing. Um because this morning Aaron Rodgers did, for the first time, speak to the press about all this. Yes. There's just a couple takeaways I'm going to talk about here real quick, and we can react to that, and then we can move on to the Colts.
2: Well, yeah, I want to hear uh, Corey's, uh, since Corey got his list now.
0: Right. So, Aaron Rodgers' first response, when when asked about them drafting Jordan Love, here's his quote. Uh, I'm not going to say that I was, you know, thrilled by the pick necessarily, but I understand the organization is thinking not only about the present but about the future, and I respect that.
1: Okay, are they really thinking about the future? It's a very
2: that's a very diplomatic answer,
0: right? This is this is surprisingly diplomatic from Aaron Rodgers. So then they asked him about like his longevity in Green Bay now, and They like well, how does he think about his future? He said, "He's. I'm not sure how all that works together at this point, given a new situation with a possible quarterback of the future, but truly that is something out of my control. What I can control is how I play, and making that decision at some point to leave will be a very hard one. My sincere desire to start and finish with the same organization, just as it has with many other players over the years, may not be a reality at this point for me. (laughs) uh, Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like he he's saying like I want to finish in Green Bay but they're not going to let me. Wow, wow. So he, he's he's, Dang. Like, he's being he's a little little spiteful at the organization as he should be I think. But then, but then he talks about. Uh, you know, with his, like developing a rapport with Jordan Love and how he's going to react to having him on the team. He said Jordan Love has a good head on his shoulders. He didn't get asked to be drafted by the Packers. He's not to blame at all. He's coming in and excited about his opportunity. I've always had great relationships with my backups, and I've always loved helping those guys out in any way. The more questions they have, the more answers I have. I've really, truly embraced those relationships, and it will be the same with Jordan. Hmm. So like that—that—that that, whole not- thing stemming from like. From like what Favre did to him, right? Like yeah, he doesn't. We most likely doesn't want to do that to another quarterback because he knows how much it sucked. Yeah, he doesn't want to alienate the backup. Right, so he's not going to do yeah. that. He it's it's basically
2: like Aaron doesn't have any like spiteful feelings against Jordan because like he said like Jordan didn't like Jordan didn't pick to go to the Packers.
0: Mm-hmm. Like and he then- didn't
2: ask to get drafted.
0: And then here's a fun one. Uh, one last thing here. Um, he was uh, – then he was asked about, like, looking to the season ahead. He said there are a lot yeah. of sentiments about us not being a great 13-3 and team last year. So I don't know if we're going to be a favorite or the team that's expected to dominate the NFC, but I love our chances. I love our team. Uh, he said he loves – he loves Devin Funches. He said he has a, great a, quote, great football IQ. And then, and then, once again, talking about Alan Lazard says he's a quote ascending player. I've never heard anybody like,
2: like when when anybody ever talks about Devin Funches, I never hear the phrase, "Oh yeah, he's got a good football IQ." I never hear that. Ever. Aaron like
0: says he has a good football. IQ. Maybe he does. I don't know. I've just never heard that before. Yeah, and then That's of fun. course, still going on about Alan Lazard. Aaron wants him to be good so bad. Oh God. <laughs> Aaron wants it so bad. He just wants him to, to like be a great receiver, and I don't know if it's possible with him. But yeah, wow. so like a little snappy at the organization, and I'm I'm behind him on that one. I think he should be. But not uh-huh. snappy at Jordan Love, which he should be. Hey. I think I think it was the right way to answer that whole thing, honestly. I think he actually did a really good job.
1: Aaron Rodgers comes out ahead in this situation. Setting himself up for when he needs to move teams in the next year or two, that he'll look like a even better grab.
0: Right, and he'd be like, "Yeah." and another thing going, like, "Yeah, like this is the organization fucked me," you know, cool. putting, at, putting when, it putting there out when, just immediately when, from the jump.
2: When he signs with the New England Patriots in three years. Whew, boy, that's spicy. <laughs> All right, Corey, you got your list. Be in for it.
3: Yeah. All right, so you mentioned the Colts. I didn't really. I don't know. I don't really care for the Colts draft. Huh. Oh, you hate Philip Rivers? Yeah. They, they,
1: they didn't draft Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> <They> said, yeah. <laughs> I mean, me I too. So like,
3: relatable. Uh, they got Michael Pittman Jr. Like, okay, so they got Philip Rivers, another Mike Williams. They got Jonathan Taylor, who needs to realize real fast that he's not going to be more athletic than everybody now and can't just bounce it to the outside. He's going to have to learn to hit holes. Basically have the Derrick Henry revelation, you know. Right. Uh, Julian Blackman, he has a good range and excellent ball skills. He doesn't have the speed to play a a true free safety and doesn't have the tackling skills to play in the box. So, just trying to figure out how to use him is going to be a project all in itself. Huh. Um, Jacob Eason, he's, he has a good profit presence and arm and arm strength. He needs time to work on the short and medium throws and decision making. Rivers may not be the best teacher for that. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, Danny Pinter. Danny Pinter is an offensive guard. Uh, he has, he's had an interesting career path. He played three years as a tight end before moving to right tackle and doesn't have the length to play tackle, so will probably be a guard. Uh, and as a former tight end, he has the ability to play well in zone schemes. Um, let's see Robert Windsor, the defensive tackle, one of the best pass coverage corners in this draft, but he's understat size and struggles to get off blocks to make the impact and run support. Uh, but he could probably be an immediate impact in the return game. Uh, They got Desmond Patman, which they said, what if we had two Mike Williams? So... (laughs) (laughs) Shit. What?
2: What if we had two Mike Williams? That was funny.
3: (sighs) And then we have... uh, Their last pick, the inside linebacker, uh, Jordan Glasgow. Uh, He's probably only ever going to be a special teamer, but he has a great motor and chases the ball relentlessly. If he ever gets a shot, it will probably be playing in the box as a box safety. Hmm. Yeah. So they have, I don't know. I didn't really. They've. Colts have. Been able to surprise me with what they've done throughout the years. Since uh, what's? Re- I can't I can't ever pronounce his name. Who? Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank. Frank Reich. Yeah. Yeah. Since Frank Reich took taken over, he they surprised me with their ability to find talent and use their talent. Um. But just on paper, it's not a draft class that excites me.
2: Fair. Um. So who who did impress you? So what were some of the other teams? I know you already mentioned Baltimore.
3: Yeah, I liked I liked Detroit a lot. I know we like to hate on Matt Patricia here, but I did like Detroit's draft. Uh, Jeff. Starting at the top, Jeff Okuda. Jeff is the most complete cornerback coming out of this draft. He has great coverage, his ball skills, his tackling could stand to improve, but he has a good motor and stays active in run support. Uh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre is a complete back. He's solid at everything running back related, with good athletic ability. I expect Swift to start as a committee with Carryon Johnson, but Swift has the potential to be competing for the lion's share, no pun intended, of the snaps by the end of the year. Um, Julian Aquara, uh, he is a pass rush machine. There's games I watched with him where he's created more pressures and quarterback hits than I think of there were tackles in the game. Oh, God. Okay. He should help a defensive that needs help creating pressure if the defense starts clicking, expect a choir to make, be making some noise. Uh, Jonah Jackson is a great blocker in the run game. His hand fighting could be a liability at times, but he has great strength to make up for it. Uh, Logan Sternberg, he's a big, nasty boy. He loves his pancakes. Big, big, big nasty boy. He's a big, nasty boy. He loves his pancakes. He, uh, but he does struggle against uh, quick inside rushers. Quintez Seifis, Uh He has small hands and has been known to drop some passes, but could be dangerous in screens and drag routes. Um, Jason Huntley. The... the fuck? the fuck? Who the fuck written down here? Uh, That's funny. Yeah, Jason Cornell. All right. Uh, Jason Cornell, he had a... Uh, Cornell has the Ohio State defensive lineman pedigree, but he was only a one-year starter. He'll probably play as a rotational rusher until he flashes some more promise and gain some more experience. And then there was uh, John Pennant. Pen- John Pinacini. Oh, man, dude.
2: You got real, uh, you just really like that guy. I think, I think the whole reason why you like the Lions draft is because of that guy. Just because of Pinacini? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's a great, it's a great name.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a great name. It's a football name. <laughs> he's a, he's a great run stuffing defensive <laughs> tackle. Um, uh, But he's probably not a good pass rusher. Uh, He may be able to get some pressures against some weaker opponents. But that was, like, as bad as Green Bay's draft class was, the Lions definitely did a great job with theirs.
0: I don't know how (laughs) much it uh, helps the overall team out. Tough. As far as like end goal, because like, I don't know, but they're, they're, I think they are definitely heading into like a, a future style.
3: Right. I mean, like, they they got some solid pieces to be creating some quarterback pressures and all that with Aquara. And then if they can get uh, Jason Cornell to, you know, develop after being a one year starter across from uh, Chase Young. They really uh, need to
0: start looking for a new quarterback.
3: Detroit. Yeah. Go fuck yourself and the and the podcast.
0: No, 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 not because. No, no, not because Matt. Sta- I don't think Matt Stafford's a bad quarterback. I think Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. My problem with Matt Stafford isn't how well he plays; it's his fucking constant back injury.
1: You think that goes well, away, dude? Yeah. Matt Stafford that was- sold his house in Detroit. That was- uh. Well. Was it extra house or something?
0: Like that, like that, literally never goes away for any football player. It, it, he's not going to be okay unless this he takes what, like some significant it, time
3: off of football. This is what they said when he tore his ACL. They said he's not going to come back from his ACL tear, and then he played uh, fucking players, eight players, years they, without missing a game.
0: ACL players come back from ACL tears all the fucking time. Not,
3: not when he was. Not when he was. Not back then. People didn't come back from ACL injuries as often back then.
1: That is true. I don't know. He'd have to – I don't know. It's going to be rough. If they're going to go – if they're going to roll the dice with Stafford, good luck. But he takes He takes one oof, ouchy, bad hitty. His back's broken, and he's out again. Any
3: quarterback, any quarterback is one bad injury away. Any football player is one bad injury away. Yeah, it's just it's – just, that he's tough enough to be able to take big hits and still play eight years straight without an injury until this back injury occurred.
0: Yeah, and play through significant injury like he I, did last year.
3: Right. I think, I, I I think, think he's worse. He is one of the toughest, if not the toughest quarterback in the league.
0: I, I don't doubt that, but it, it could happen to him to a fault. I think that did happen last year. His injury probably got worse because he decided to just play through his back injury that apparently he had for like four weeks before he actually got really hurt and had to take time off.
3: And he was playing at an MVP level with those injuries.
0: That's Yeah, that's scary. MVP level? I'm not MVP level. He wasn't anywhere near the MVP race.
3: At the beginning of the year, yeah, he was. Oh, you guys making me mad. <laughs> the, only why, the only reason why you don't think so is because all of you are fucking Pat Mahomes cocksuckers. I love Damn. Matt Stafford.
1: I mean, uh, I mean, I am a Pat Mahomes dick sucker. I can't, I can't I, deny I, I, it.
0: I say this all the fucking time about how much I like Matt Stafford.
1: Hold on,
2: let me see something.
0: Don't fucking <sighs> don't, don't don't put words in my mouth.
2: First of all, Pat Mahomes is better than Matt Stafford. Well, I'm sorry. I'm
3: not, I'm not saying that Matt Stafford's better because nobody's fucking better than fucking Pat Mahomes. But I mean, statistically, yes. Yeah, it's it. I, 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 there are probably
2: some people that are like a nicer person that, what? that are better that like good people.
1: Are you saying yeah. Pat Mahomes isn't a good people? <laughs> nope. I, I think Dude, he's. I think he's a bad guy.
0: I played the. I played the beginning of the campaign mode in Madden in like. Pat
1: Mahomes has a cameo in it. I uh-huh. think
0: Pat Mahomes can't do? Act.
1: <laughs> I, well, I, I don't think many football players can act.
0: Oh my god, so, it was so bad. <laughs> was it really?
1: Oh, it I kind of want to see it now.
0: Just play like, it doesn't take long, it only takes probably about 20 minutes. Start the face of the franchise mode.
2: Alright, so... Okay. Uh, uh, here we go. Okay, so we have... um, Matt Stafford... Last season, I'm trying to find, um, like, the start of the year. Here, game log. Okay, here we go. You
0: yeah, find, like, the first, like, I think, what like, five or six weeks.
2: Okay, so we have first first game of the year was
3: um, the, the tie. Arizona, the Arizona tie. Was, was, the, was the Arizona tie. tie. He uh, went 3-0, 385 yards, 60% completion percentage. He took yeah. three sacks and had 110 quarterback rating. The only reason why that game tied in the, is because they couldn't get the ball running on the ground, which they keep increasing every year, try to amend. This is – he's, once again, playing without a running game.
2: Yeah, is what I'm worried about with him. The next – so the, the next game was they beat the Chargers. He was 22 of 30, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, next – Against the Eagles, he was 18 of 32 for 201 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Casey, they lost by four um, in that crazy game with the, the fumble recovery that was insane. Yeah,
3: the fluke fumble recovery. But he um he 3-0 against a Kansas City defense that everybody was touting the rest of the year. Um, Green Bay, they obviously they got hosed in that game, but
2: he didn't play particularly well.
0: Well, neither uh, neither quarterback played particularly neither, well neither quarterback game. played
2: particularly well in that game yeah that was a ugly game um minnesota holy shit that was 72 points scored in that game um uh, he had the game against so that was a that was a loss so they lost 3-0 but then they came back against the giants um th- 25 of 32 that was the game they won three touchdowns one interception and then the loss to Oakland uh 31-24. Um that was the game. They had the ball at the goal line and they were trying to get in and Matt Stafford threw a pick uh to end that game and Oakland won. But this um, is- so yeah, like yeah, like he was playing he he was playing like good. There, right. There's like three games in here where he didn't play well at all.
3: So no, but listen. This was through 9 weeks besides Pat Mahomes Who else was playing that well last year? Lamar Jackson. After nine weeks? uh,
0: Yeah. Lamar Jackson was getting there, but he wasn't there yet.
1: I mean, Dak Prescott, yo, you know, he he, he had a season.
3: But what I'm trying to say is he's playing at, through nine weeks, he was playing at probably a top-five quarterback level.
0: Through a back injury. Which, yeah, like, that's great for his playing skills, but, like, really bad for his decision-making skills as a person, as a human being who has, like, you know, <laughs> health issues. <laughs> Damn, dude. I mean, it's just, like, like I said, I love Matt Stafford. I think he's a great quarterback, and uh, he, like, goddamn, it's scary. Especially All since, right. like, like their outline is, like, like, kind of improved. They still have no running game, though. For- and, like, that's, that's such a – having a running game takes such a weight off of the quarterback – and they really just think they need to like either like pay big money for somebody or like spend a really early pick.
2: So, all right. So the first not let's let's OK, so let's compare it to Lamar Jackson. The first nine weeks for Lamar Jackson, uh, the first game was the game against the Dolphins, where he had five touchdown passes and he had a perfect passer rating. Um, Then he had the game against Arizona, uh, where he was 24 of 37 uh, for two touchdowns. He also ran the ball sixteen times that game for 120 yards. Jesus Christ! Well, um, oh yeah, yeah. Then there was then there was the shootout loss to the char- to the Chiefs, uh, 22 uh, 43 267. No touchdowns, but he did have a rushing touchdown. <laughs> um, then that was when they got blown out by the uh, the the Browns. the Browns. They got blown out by the Browns. Um, the overtime loss to the Steelers, where the Steelers should have won. Um, where he had 14 rushing attempts, but for only 70 yards, uh, one touchdown, three interceptions, uh, the game against the Cincinnati Bengals, where he ran the ball 19 times. Ridiculous, dude. Why the, oh my, dude, there's no way he
0: lasts. That's why they need to sign Cam Newton as a backup. There's
2: no way. He had 152 yards, uh, plus 236 yards passing. Um... Man, he also I mean, wow. Like, it's just crazy to me that like the game against Seattle. Okay, so when they when the Baltimore Ravens played Seattle last year in Seattle, he was nine of twenty for 143 yards, but he had 14 carries for 116 yards. They won 30 to 30 to 16. Ridiculous. I, I so can't like, All I can say is ridiculous. So how the, like you hold a guy to nine of twenty but you lose 30 to 16 because he can rush 14 times and get 116 yards running. Like, that's just like, that irritates me. That's just insane. So then he had the crazy game against the Rams on Monday night football, 15 of 20, 169 yards, but five touchdowns. That was like the big coming out game. Cause it was on Monday night. Um, No, I I agree. Like, if you put Matt Stafford's numbers up against, like, some of the guys, like, he wasn't – like, he definitely was playing, like, really well. The the Lions – like, the Lions weren't winning. But obviously, like, two of the games, they probably should have won.
3: Right. And he had, what, he had five games with over
2: 110 passer rating? Uh, I don't
3: know, did he? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Let's hope
0: he doesn't die.
2: Let's see. Hundred uh wait, how many games did he play? Nine? One, two, three, four. He played eight games through nine weeks. Five games. Five of his games he had yeah. a pass for rating over hundred.
3: Right. And so it was great. The low the
2: yeah, lowest was the lowest was the eighty three point five that he had against Green Bay when they lost by one. Um but, uh, I don't know
0: that he had a better year than Aaron Rodgers.
2: I mean, through nine statistically, he had a better year through right. nine weeks. Yeah. So there's a lot of those, like those last three games when he was playing, though. Uh, that Oakland game, and that Giants game. Eh, that's some bad defenses. But I do remember that Oakland game because a lot of people were like, "Man, like Matt Stafford." You gotta win that game, dude. Like you have the ball inside the goal line, like you can't throw a pick. But a hit. he completed seventy-eight percent of his throws all against the right, Giants' defense. Jesus Christ!
3: He w- he had three touchdowns and four hundred yards that game. Why don't? Why doesn't the fucking run game step up when they're on the one-yard line and throw the run the ball? Because they it's don't not have
0: not any running backs.
3: Right? I don't
2: think, think they were on the one. I don't know.
0: They don't have running backs. and They, they haven't had anybody substantial for a long-ass time. They just Let's throw, see here. They, they either, like, they get, like, these, like, they spend a really late draft pick on, like, these, like, like, oh, like average running backs, so they sign really old people. And they just, All right. like, I don't know, it's so weird.
2: Correction, they did not, he did not throw an interception. It was a fourth down at the one-yard line of the then Oakland Raiders and it was an incomplete pass to Logan Thomas. Apparently. So that's what happened. But yeah, so we now, now that we talked about Matt Stafford for 20 minutes.
3: I mean, there's
2: nothing else. to talk <laughs> No, I, one last thing I do want to run by you guys. Um, so uh, I'm not obviously I'm not going to divulge my projections. Um, I love my projections. I really do. If the season started today, I would be really confident um, in a lot of my picks. But mm-hmm. what I did, what I did this year, is and I am going to do this um, as long as the numbers stay the same. Um, so what I did was, and I'm not going to give away what my win totals are for these ten teams. Uh, and I didn't even expect it to be ten. I didn't plan on it being ten, but it ended up working out that way. So what I did is after I finished my projections, I told myself that I was going to place futures bets this year on teams' win-loss records. But the only teams I was going to do it for were teams that, after I've projected their win total, that the line on their win and loss, on like whatever site I use, is a full two games over what the line is. If that makes sense as kind of like a thing like, okay, if I, if I predict a team to win 10 games and the line for their total seat wins on the season is nine and a half, I'm not betting that team because that shows that my projections alongside the, the, the projection for whatever site I'm using are like kind of close and I don't want to risk it. But if I go through my projections and I pick a team to win 12 games and the line is, you know, nine and a half, then I'll probably be like, oh, okay, you know, they're kind of lowballing this team. Maybe I'll take it. That's That's kind of the way I did it, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I have ten teams here, and I have what I would take for them. So I'm going to give you the team, I'm going to give you the number, and then I'm going to tell you whether or not I'm taking the over or the under on that team, and I want to see which of you agree with me and which one of you disagree with me, okay? Okay. Without looking at a schedule, just off the top of your head, okay? And again, I'm not going to give you my totals for these teams, but we're just going to roll with it, okay? So you guys are just going to tell me whether you agree or disagree if you would take this bet or not, okay? So the first team I have is the Arizona Cardinals. I have them over seven wins. Agree or disagree? If you just had to just spitball it. Like if you would take that would you take that bet today, right now? I'm gonna can I look at the schedule? You can you can if you wanna look at it, yeah, you can, just as like a reference.
3: Yeah, I wanna see what the <laughs> point. Justin and Matt, what
2: do you think?
1: Uh are we making a new or making our next FadPod bet? No no no, we're not making we're not placing bets. We're
2: just saying I'm just giving you ten teams without giving you what my actual record for them is. And asking you if you agree with a bet on the line that I'm giving you is all I'm asking. I would not. You would not. I'll bet. I'll bet on the line. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. So Arizona over seven wins. Corey says no. Over. Matt would take the over.
0: Over seven. Yeah, I would take. Yeah, I. I. I I, I probably. I. I have them pegged around nine. So.
2: Okay, so Corey's the soul. The sole under for seven on Arizona. Okay, next. Carolina. Under? Under. Under? <laughs> you didn't give me the number, number yet. <laughs> um, That's under, fine. What's the number? Under five and a half.
1: Oh, Jesus. Yeah, under still. I'm taking under. I think Carolina's going to have a rough year. Okay.
0: Not not like incredibly significant improvements to the way their team operates, but you have Chris McCaffrey. Didn't oh, a lot of good it did
2: for him last year. What do you th- what do you think, Justin and Corey? Under five and a half? Would you take it? Mm. And by the way, when I when I tell you that I, I when I present to say uh under five and a half, that means I would take the under five and a half. That's how it works. Right. So that's why I'm not giving my opinion, because my opinion is is explained in the question, so
0: I would take you over think? and probably because it would end up being six games and you'd lose, huh? Okay. That's,
3: okay. that's how I'm feeling. I feel like they're at least a six win team. Okay. Uh,
2: All right. Next one is one Matt's going to groan at
1: the Denver Broncos over seven and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the over.
0: Yeah actually have a lot of faith in that team coming into this year.
1: I hate that I have faith in that team. Not <laughs> even the team has faith in that team. Did you hear Vaughn Miller today talking about my savior, Patrick Mahomes, saying, we can't stop him. I tried. It doesn't happen. Like, uh, I don't expect him to beat the Chiefs. but yeah, it, Someone's yeah, best- got to beat the Chiefs eventually. We can't run the AFC West forever. Someone's going to beat us. And it's going to be the Raiders. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs>
0: Not not for a few years, man. Because um, all those other teams are like basically rebuilding right now.
2: So okay, so we have three overs. Corey, would you take over on seven and a half for Denver? Yes. You would? Okay. Alright, so I think we're all in agreement uh for the Denver Broncos. Oh oh we just got uh, we just man, okay, we just got done talking about this team and we're gonna fight again. The Detroit Lions. The line is seven, and I'm taking the under.
1: God. Ah, oh, man. The team has so much promise. They had one of the best drafts, but they still have Matt Patricia as a head coach. I'm taking the under. Okay.
0: Matt Patricia is a terrible head coach.
1: Okay.
2: Now, you can you can say push. Like if you think the Lions will win 7 games, you could say neither and you could just say that it's it's a push. So,
1: that's fine. I'm I'm just gonna take the under. Okay.
0: But the Bears what about? Are probably gonna be worse than them.
2: Are you are you thinking over on the Lions?
0: Yeah. I know Corey's
2: gonna say over.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking over on the Lions. I think they'll win eight games or nine. They still won't make the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. As long as Matt Stafford stays healthy. If Matt Stafford gets hurt, it's over. Because that's all that team yeah. fucking has.
2: All right, so two overs, two unders for that one. Um, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, under five, over,
0: under,
1: over five, over five. Explain yourself. I mean, they're a minimum six-win team. Okay, explain it's yourself. They're tanking for the second coming of Peyton Manning. Nah, they got the they got the Minshew guy. They're gonna be just fine.
0: Yeah. They were yeah, just dude. fine with Gardner Minshew last year. <laughs> He's got a year now. Oh well, yeah. Not under easy. They're they're tanking for Trevor, dude.
1: All right, so man, think... tanking for Trevor doesn't sound as good as tanking for Tua. They, people
2: didn't even tank for Tua. They tanked for Joe.
0: <laughs> tank for um, Joe. They, they tanked tanked for, for Joe. They were tanking for Tua before he got hurt. Let's be fair. That's
2: true. Uh next up, another uh another AFC West team. The Las Vegas Raiders under seven. Under. by the way, when I wrote this bet, uh this bet had the best odds at plus one oh four. It was the only bet out of all of these that had a that were actually you would actually uh double up your money if you took the Vegas Raiders under seven when I wrote this down. So I'm I we have two unders.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna stay under as well. Uh, a team, usually uh, a team relocating, struggles for its first year or two. On top of that, um, they are they are still in a rebuilding phase, and I don't trust Derek Carr.
2: I hated their draft.
0: Yeah, it
3: wasn't very good.
2: I hated their draft, Corey. What do you think? Under? I just think the division's too good.
3: Um. Yeah, I'm gonna take the under.
2: Okay. Next. This is kind of a controversial one. The Minnesota Vikings over eight and a half. Under. So you're pretty, You're basically now you're putting a team into double digits. If you if you if you think the Minnesota Vikings are going to go over eight and a half,
1: Corey's saying under. I'm pushing. Well, they oh, can't, can't push eight and a half. They're going to get eight wins, so under. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: So we got a push and over and under. Justin, what do you think?
0: Oh, man, I'm going to I'm going to give up my hand a little bit here. Over. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win the division. OK, that's fine. You don't got to give up your number yet. You just got to say whether you think it's going to be over or under. Uh,
2: Next team, the New York Giants under six and a half.
1: Who agrees? Under. Yeah, I'll take that.
3: In that division, I'm gonna go over.
1: <laughs> you
2: just think everybody in that division goes like seven and nine or eight and eight?
3: I fucking hated the Eagles draft so much. Really? It, yeah, it was. I think it's fucking terrible.
2: Oh, but they got that real that real fast
3: guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got the constellation that Henry Ruggs. Yeah, you got the
2: consolation Henry Ruggs prize. Yeah,
3: I'll um, say uh, over as well.
2: Okay. Next up, and I'm I'm not saving them for second to last. It's in alphabetical order. The Pittsburgh Steelers over eight and a half. Over.
1: Ah, oh, fuck! Y- you know they're gonna go over just to make you mad. They're going to win nine games, get the new seventh seed. They're going to get the new seventh seed in the playoffs and then lose in the wild card and then have a bad draft slot.
2: Oh, (laughs) God, I would have. You do realize that if this playoff setup would have taken place like 10 years ago, the Steelers would have never missed the playoffs. Yep. Not once. Oh God! Yeah, it's gonna be. Oh. Well, I tipped my hand already that I have them oh, going over eight and a half. Justin, what do you think? Under. Oh, you're gonna you you you're thinking under?
0: Yep, I think uh, I think the time of the Pittsburgh Steelers is about up, boys.
2: Well, hopefully that means Ben Roethlisberger retires and Tomlin gets think, fired. So.
3: I think it's just beginning with that defense. That defense is really good.
0: The defense is great, but man, that offense is not good.
3: If you get a quarterback that can win you two games, that's a 10-1 team. Do you
0: think the defense it, can really win them eight games? It did last year. <laughs> but you think it's gonna do it against an overall improved division? Uh I don't think it I don't think well the thing
2: about that is that their schedule's so easy. Like outside of the division, the schedule's so easy. Like they play the AFC, they play the AFC South and the NFC East. Ooh, see, I'm not looking at the schedule. So
0: now, nah, I, I, if you want to, if you want to stick to your under, you can Not nah, change me to over. Okay, because uh, you know that's the fish that they're playing. Jesus Christ! All right, Their final one. Scoop, easy wins.
2: Final one, and this is one that we'll, we'll see how this goes. I have the Washington Redskins. The number is five. I
1: have the over. I agree. Oh, it's going to be rough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the over just because of Ron Rivera.
0: Ron Rivera, um, hopefully a team that doesn't get plagued by injuries this year. Uh, it's got great defense.
2: Yeah, I mean they, they apparently have the best pass rushing prospect since like Jesus Christ himself.
1: Man, Jesus could get after the quarterback. Let's be honest for a minute.
2: <laughs> he really could. Corey, what do you think? Over 5 on the Washington
3: Redskins? I'm going to I'm going to push. I think it's
2: going to be five. Okay. All right, well, there you go. Those are going to be uh potentially if, you know, I'm I'm still um I'm holding off on putting anything down. Um until then, and of course, the numbers could change. And if the numbers change one way or the other, and my projections don't, then I'll take some bets off of this. But um, you know, this might be ten things that I do over the course of the season, and by the you know week fifteen mark, when all of them have busted and I've lost all of them, you guys can laugh at me.
3: Yeah.
2: Nice. So,
3: we laugh at you anyway, Typer. You don't have to put that pressure on yourself.
2: Thanks, Damn. guys. Damn. I
0: think that is a good point to cap this off
2: Man we haven't done an episode in a month And it sucked
1: Yeah it was rough times Man I fucking miss I don't know I miss football I miss real life I just want to do stuff
3: If you miss football there's always a
1: Madden To play That is true that's why I bought Madden And I get mad at it every time I play (laughs) (laughs) Which is why Matt
2: After this discord call is going to get off And do his Madden
1: game
3: well, you should because you're the last person that
1: think to play this speak. Ah, fuck! Yeah, I, if I don't play it tonight, I'll play it when I wake up, and I'll just play two or three games tomorrow. I want to get back. I want to get back into my OOT seed that I started. I only have a few checks left before I run out of checks, so I, I'm bound to find something eventually. Because you know, oh, and uh, I had bomb chew logic off, so like that's that's a good thing.
0: Right, good, good, good.
1: Congrats, Matt.
0: Yeah. All right, boys, we're signing off. We'll see you, hopefully, in two weeks, if not a month. Twitter.com
1: slash fedpod. Patreon.com slash uh, fedpod, Give us money. Uh, angriest Ben and Tom Patreon uh, shout out.
2: Love you guys. Can you imagine, real quick, if we end up getting, like, fast forward, like, like, like two months from now when we have 100 Patreons, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you can? I can't wait until Matt has to read off a hundred people's names.
1: I mean, I'm down for it. I'll do it. I'm. I will read down two hundred names. All right, you hear that, motherfuckers? We need two hundred patrons. So we get like probably a hundred listeners. I need you guys to all Patreon to us, and then tell another person to Patreon to us.
0: If we get do we really patrons? We can start buying new equipment.
2: Do we really get a hundred average listeners? I think it's something like that,
0: isn't it? Uh, it, it, it ebbs and flows.
3: Well, as it does. <laughs> End the episode! Do it! End it!